Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 6,000 of the UK's leading software, ICT services and digital firms. Each month our research team analyses dozens of company results and corporate transactions and as well as providing uh, detailed financial data and transaction data on those, uh, on those results and transactions, uh, our team also leverages some 500 CEO relationships across the UK tech sector to bring our subscribers really deep in insight into the, the companies and the technology subsectors that we track at Megabyte. The idea and the aim of this show every month is that I try and pull together all the key themes and trends within uh, that data and our analysis we do each month and uh, try and establish the key themes and what that might mean for the outlook. Of course, subscribers can uh, get access to all of our detailed research on the Megabyte platform and also our mobile app. Um, if you think the research we provide at Megabyte may be of use to you, we'd love to hear from you. Please just go to our website at megabyte.com, um, click the request a demo button and our customer team will be very happy to help you out. So here's a quick canter through the key takeaways from the Megabyte CEO barometer this month. It was a, a, a more stable month for uh, tech stocks uh, across both the UK and in the US uh, during May, although they were down about 2% in the UK and about 4% in the US, uh, but that was an improvement on, uh, on, on April, which was a bit of a rout. Uh, that is against a pretty flat market. So we're still seeing tech stocks underperforming. In particular, we are seeing those very highly valued tech stocks in the US continue to significantly underperform. In terms of deal flow here in the UK tech sector, it was another significant down month across all of the deal types that we track. Um, although, to be fair, May 2021, the comparable month, was, uh, was a very strong month for deals. So we are looking at a difficult comparable. But nevertheless, uh, we saw uh, continued kind of almost no activity in the capital markets. Um, uh, uh, just two very small follow-on public offerings against eight deals in total this time last year. So completely chalk and cheese in terms of what we're seeing on the capital markets in terms of deal activity. M&A volumes were pretty much flat again month on month. We registered 44 deals on the database. Um, that was down 10% year on year, but I think overall we're seeing a relatively stable uh, activity in, in M&A. Private equity, another quite, quite a quiet month in private equity, five deals registered on the database, but a couple of really big ones. Idea Gen I talked about last month. Since uh, the, the month end um, and just this morning, actually, Access have also announced a very big uh, funding round. So there is a lot going on in PE, just in terms of deal volumes are still quite low, but nothing. No, I don't think anything too much to read into that. We're still seeing a reasonably buoyant uh, PE market overall for now anyway. VC is probably the most interesting area to talk about, and I will spend a bit of time on this during the show this month. Overall, we registered, um, there was about, well, there were 36 deals on our database, raising a total of 720 million in May. Um, that was pretty much stable on where it's been over the last couple of months, uh, but it was down substantially year on year. Uh, deal volumes down 38%, and deal, uh, deal values in terms of amount raised down 23% year on year. So we are seeing a significant pullback in VC, but there's real hotspots and not spots within VC that, VC that I'll talk about. Overall, I think the key point to make, and, and I think that those of you who watch the show regularly will have heard me say that I still think the outlook's fairly benign. Obviously, what we've been seeing is, is at least a correction. I think I have pretty much fundamentally changed my view over the last few weeks, as have others, that um, what, what I had been seeing as a significant correction now does seem to be turning into a new phase, a new downward phase in valuations um, and, and also potentially in, in corporate activity, even more than, than we've seen uh, in terms of the COVID kind of pullback, if you like. Um, and I'm going to spend a bit more time on that, maybe a bit less time in the show this month, uh, talking about, uh, talking about uh, the macro themes uh, against specific deals. Um, so 
um, on with the show. So turning first, as I always do, to talk about what's been going on in, in the UK uh, capital markets in terms of share prices, valuations, and also looking at the US as a reference point. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, share prices in, in the UK tech sector have been under pressure again during May, down 3% across the board uh, as an average, uh, with software underperforming slightly and, uh, and ICT services outperforming slightly, but all areas of the market of the sector are down. We're down during May. And for reference, the FTSE 250 was down half a percent uh, in May. So the tech sector continuing to underperform, although I should point out that it, it was a significantly better performance in April, which uh, saw double digit declines in share prices in many parts of the, the, the tech sector. For, for reference, the US tech sector, which, as you'll probably be aware, has been, has, been, um, has been underperforming now, having massively outperformed during the COVID period. The NASDAQ, tech-heavy NASDAQ, was down 4% during May and, um, and continues to underperform the wider market. Uh, even more so, the BVP NASDAQ Cloud Index, this is, a, this is an index of um, highly valued, typically SaaS stocks. That was down 12% again, uh, another significant drop in that index during May, although to be fair, it did, uh, it did slightly tick up, having gone precipitously down for uh, several months with almost no let up. It did actually recover slightly in May, so there could be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in terms of a, a settling of that index, um, but it's been, it's been tough, very tough. In terms of valuations, we're seeing overall valuations looking at currently at EV EBITDA in the UK sector at about 16 times now, 18 times for software, about 13 times for ICT services. The NASDAQ is trading on about 14 times current year now. Uh, and the BVP Cloud Index, that is now um, at about eight times sales. Still obviously a significant premium there. Um, but um, as I mentioned for the last few months, that is down more than two thirds on the peak, 2021 peak. So we've seen a massive amount of valuation compression amongst the very highly valued SaaS stocks in the US. Turning back to the UK and thinking about uh, capital markets activity, uh, really, well, there isn't any worth speaking of. And you couldn't see a bigger difference between what the market was like last year with lots of IPOs, lots of follow-on public offerings, uh, whereas this year we've got almost none. Two deals, max total raised to 1.2 million, so almost not worth talking about. And the UK capital markets are almost completely becalmed uh, from a tech sector perspective and actually elsewhere to a degree as well. Um, when we think about the capital markets outlet, um, outlook, uh, it's not great, to be honest with you. And there's a few kind of key things to, to think about, really, as we look about look through what's going to be happening for the rest of the year. Um, first of all, uh, when we think about uh, the macro trends in terms of funds flow, I haven't really talked about this on the show, but in short term, uh, short term market uh, direction is, is to a large degree determined by funds flows. This is how much money is coming into asset management uh, and how much is flowing out. Callistone, actually a company we track and, and uh, uh, a sort of fintech business we track. Produces, uh, produces an index of funds flowing in and out of the UK capital markets. Um, it's interesting reading if, if, if you've got time. The um, May was the worst month on record for um, outflows, so money coming out of the capital market into other asset classes. Um, I think something like 800 and, uh, 800 and something million coming out of the markets. And actually the last 12 months has been the worst period, I think, on record as well. So that is a very, very negative indicator for the, for the performance of the market uh, over the next few months. When we think specifically about the technology sector, valuations obviously have come off a lot, moderated significantly, 18 times um, EV EBITDA is, is, is down significantly from where it was a year ago in the mid or high 20s. But we have to think about that in the context of where it was um, at, at, the, at the, the low point, uh, the nadir of the post-global financial crisis where software companies were trading on seven or eight times EBITDA and, uh, and ICT services companies trading on four or five times EBITDA. I'm not suggesting we're going to get all the way down there. 
Um, but I, I think there may be further compression coming um, over the coming months. A key factor is going to be trading. How will the tech companies we track, the listed tech companies we track, and that's true to be fair across the board, um, will they continue to trade strongly? Uh, the long-term uh, tr uh, technology drivers may be very strong, um, but what's going to happen short term? And I think we might see a little bit of weakness there, uh, which I think will be um, a, another compounding factor on, on valuations. So not a great outlook, I don't think, both in terms of share prices and valuations, um, and uh, particularly as we go into the summer months. So that's a wrap up for what's happening in capital markets. I'll look next, as I, as I do uh, always, about what's happening in uh, private equity. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it was actually a relatively quiet month for deal volumes in the UK tech sector, um, looking at the private equity world. Only five deals registered on our database in May. That was down from 10 in May 2021. And we are seeing kind of mid single to high single digit uh, deal numbers now month on month in, in, in PE. And underneath the numbers, as I said earlier, it doesn't feel, it feels still pretty strong. And I'll talk about valuations in a minute, which are also perhaps surprisingly robust as well at the moment, particularly in the software sector. So. Um, a quieter month, but nothing particularly to read into that. Of those deals, um, uh, three were in the software sector and some chunky ones, two smaller ones in the ICT services sector. So looking quickly at the software deals first, more really in the kind of digital media space, the restructuring of Kantar continues um, and they, uh, that uh, was sold, their public business, public sector business was sold to Trilantic Europe for what we think was about 350 million in a carve out. I talked quite extensively last month about HG Capital's uh, public to private, take private of IdeaGen. Uh, that is about a, um, a, a billion pound transaction um, at about 30 times current year EV EBITDA. And I won't repeat everything I said last month, but I think the rationale there is about um, consolidating a very fragmented GRC market. So the, we shouldn't read too much into the in price there because for, for HG and, G, and, and IdeaGen, I think that's that deal rationale is really all about um, averaging down that valuation with substantial M&A um, uh, as to, to a degree they have done with access over the last 10 years. So, uh, but nevertheless, still a bit of a, a bit of a valuation high point there. Um, slight side inflection announced they they've reinvested in Alchemist uh, in the GRC space as well in a deal of about 600 million uh, following Apex actually buying it from uh, inflection a couple of months ago. Uh, so inflection have reinvested there. That deal was done at about 24 times EV EBITDA, we think, trailing. Um, and uh, not strictly during May, but a really interesting data point uh, for a number of reasons. Just this morning, Access uh, have announced, Access Group uh, in the UK enterprise software market have announced a 9.2 billion sterling uh, deal where GIC, the Singaporean Wealth Fund, will join TA and HG on the shareholder register of that, of that business. Um, and uh, that's three times the valuation, more than three times the valuation of their last deal a couple of years ago. So really sort of marquee deal for the sector, I have to say. And it's quite difficult to triangulate the exact EV EBITDA, uh, EBITDA number for access because of so many acquisitions. Um, but we think that deal was done around a mid-20s current, current year EV EBITDA or run rate EV EBITDA. So again, pretty, you know, really quite a number of data points in the software market at the top end of the software market. Suggesting for now at least there's really been very little, in fact, no real valuation compression in the PE market. Uh, in the software sector, particularly particularly at the top end. So it'd be fascinating to see where that goes, and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a second. Just to touch on ICT services, a couple of small deals worth talking about. TPX Impact um, made a small uh, carve-out of open dialogue to its management team. We think at about 9 million, so just a small kind of reorganization for them. And Proof ID was a management buyout backed by Maven, what we think was about 30 million. So more run rate MBO kind of activity going on in the ICT services sector. 
So what about the outlook? A couple of things to say, just to reiterate, first of all, what I said last month, I think we are likely to see more public to privates uh, coming in the UK market, uh, following on from my dear gen, you know, uh, the, 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 dis the disparity between the demand for tech stocks in the capital markets versus demand for tech stocks in PE world for now at least is, is really quite marked at the moment. And I think that has to lead to more P2Ps almost certainly. More broadly, what do we think about valuations in private equity? I can't believe that they will not come under some pressure as we move through the second half of the year. It just seems inconceivable that we've seen such a substantial pullback in valuations in the capital markets, albeit that they were higher previously than PE valuations. So that has been a factor, but they are now significantly lower than PE valuations. Um, and I think that, um, you know, that, that has to play a factor, as I said, with Capital markets, and it's true across the board, a lot will depend on what's happening in the trading outlook. And I think the businesses we're talking to day in, day out, or the team are talking to at Megabyte day in, day out, they're still seeing solid trading. So as long as we don't see any trading issues, then I think maybe the valuations will be reasonably robust. In reality, however, I think it's highly unlikely we've got a recession coming, and I think some kind of softness in demand uh, is likely, and I think that will have an impact on valuations in PE as it has done elsewhere. So that's a quick counter through what's happening in private equity. Next, I'll have a look at what's happening in VC. So something of um, mixed messages in venture capital uh, this month. Uh, when we look at the deal volumes and values, although, as I said at the top of the show, significantly down on, um, on a very sort of peak period this time last year, um, overall, we have, um, we've seen a decent level of fundraising and some big chunkies at 300 million plus deals during May. So on many, in some senses, it's business as usual. As I mentioned earlier, 720 million raised uh, during May. Uh, that was down from just under a billion uh, in, uh, in, in May last year, but it, but it's pretty much where we've seen the average over the last few months. 36 deals down from 58. Uh, again, same, same dynamic, down on the year on year, but pretty stable month on month. Um, the, the, the dynamic that has persisted for months and months continues to persist. It's about fintech and it's about fiber. Uh, Freedom Fiber raising 100 million, Thought Machine in the fintech space raising 128 million, Paddle also in the fintech space raising 162 million. So that made up three kind of mega deals uh, during the month. But there were a total of um, there were a total of 12 fintech deals and some other pretty chunky deals. Um, Transformate 56 million, Credit Spring 48 million, Modular 83 million, Token.io 33 million. So still very substantial sums going into um, going into the um, um, fintech sector in VC, and also um, typically smaller fundraisings, but, but enterprise, another 12 of the 36 deals, so a third of the deals in enterprise, again, a very popular part of the market, but they're typically earlier stage deals. Two slightly larger deals, Vertis and uh, Kilvar, both raising about 20 million, and the rest were all below that level, but still a very healthy market across, across enterprise software and VC. So just, I wanted just to quickly canter through the deals because, because actually the more interesting thing to talk about really with VC this month is, is what's happening underneath all of this. And despite the fact that the metrics are not too bad for May, there is, a, a, there is serious deterioration in sentiment and, um, uh, and the outlook, I think, in terms of VC. At the moment, it's primarily focused around the top end of the market, late stage deals, and, tip, and focused significantly on B2C rather than B2B. But I think inevitably there will be some transfer of that through the market as we go through the rest of this year and into 2023. Uh, you will have read, as, I will have, uh, as, as I'm sure as I have, uh, about Just Eat Takeaway, Kazoo. I appreciate Kazoo's not VC-backed, but it feels like a VC-backed business. And also stronger businesses like Klarna um, and actually elsewhere like Netflix. But, but just generally we're seeing um, much lower valuations, 
layoffs kazoo just today or yesterday talking about significant layoffs, reduction in ad spending. I think that's slight aside, but I think that secondhand car market, online car retailers are in for a world of pain because they've got a bunch of stocks overvalued now as well as lower volumes. So that's that's they're going to have to trade through that. And as you will probably have read, one of kazoo's big competitors here in the UK went bust uh, a few days ago as well. So that B2C space, food delivery also, and just eat takeaway, um, you know, also struggling as well in terms of in terms of the outlook for those businesses. As yet, B2B, I talked a second ago about fintech and, and fiber. Fintech still powering ahead, particularly where data meets fintech is a particularly strong trend and continues. So it's it's kind of it's a patchy market at the moment. What do we think? What do we think is gonna what more importantly, what I think, what do we think at Megabyte's gonna happen going forward with the VC market? Well, in terms of valuations. I think they will continue to normalize. So I've talked about the BVP cloud index extensively. That is now trading at eight times, but there are quite a few quite high quality businesses within that trading at four or five times sales now. So VC rounds above above 10 times uh, EV sales now are gonna be reserved for the very, very best businesses in the market, in my opinion. And the silly sort of EV numbers in the, in the sort of 20, 30, 40, I think are gone now. And that's probably not a bad thing. So valuations, I think, will continue to moderate both in terms of, and I think they will flow through into the smaller end of the market as we go through the rest of this year. Um, particularly B2C, but to a degree, I think B2B, uh, weaker businesses will struggle to get funding because they will probably struggle to see, to see uh, growth. And people are much more starting to question unit economics, particularly on the B2B, B2C businesses now. Um, and um, some of the B2Bs and businesses will also, I think, struggle to do their next funding round. Certainly, they may have to do a down round. Which leads me into what I think in terms of corporate activity levels, I think we were already starting to see, and I think we'll see a lot more of, um, uh, a lot more venture debt deals. And this is a way for businesses, VC-backed businesses that are still trading okay, but might have done their last round at a very high valuation that's no longer achievable, getting a sort of non-dilutive bridge, funding bridge to the next round where they can fund it at the similar valuation or maybe a bit higher rather than having to do a down round. I think we'll see a lot more of that. Then we know that a number of the leading banks in the UK have just launched significant venture debt funding products. So that kind of matches in with that as well. Um, we're going to see consolidation. We're going to see consolidation of the VC market for two ways. One, I think... Uh, VC-backed businesses that have got st strong balance sheets will uh, will look to acquire profitable businesses to build, uh, potentially to build their uh, profit base uh, where they're burning a lot of cash. They will also potentially, and, and also, sorry, secondly, weaker VC-backed businesses with weak balance sheets uh, will probably get consumed for equity deals um, into, uh, into more uh, established and better funded VC businesses. So I think you're going to see slower fu lower funding rates. I think you see valuations come back and I think you're going to see more M&A and more debt funding. And I think it's going to be a very, very tricky few months uh, for the VC market um, as uh, we wash through into the next phase. So that is my thoughts on the VC market. I'll wrap up with not only a look at what's happening in M&A, uh, but also a more a sort of broad brush view of what I think is happening with the outlook at this sort of quite pivotal time for the sector. So last, but very definitely not least, a look at what's been happening in M&A. And I think I would characterize May as a, uh, as a, as a business as usual month for M&A in the UK tech sector. Uh, we saw 44 deals, as I said earlier, down slightly year on year, um, but actually pretty solid month on month. And we are seeing deal flow in that 40 to 50 uh, deals a month range. Uh, pretty stable now. In terms of uh, where the deal activity was happening, 26 of the deals were in uh, software and uh, 18 were in ICT services. And in software, 
Um, enterprise, again, um, you know, the, 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 the main contributor to deal activity with 12 deals in enterprise software, six in fintech, so quite a lot going on in fintech, um, and a smattering of deals elsewhere within software. Um, and, you know, as I say, business as usual, very much an enterprise. You know, those big consolidators, P-backed typically, or one or two quoted as well, uh, consolidators uh, doing their thing. So deals for Marlowe, Access, Sage, Iris uh, during, uh, during May. And a couple of other deals to pull out in software before I have a look, quick look at ICT services. Very interesting to see Causeway do a significant deal. £52 million acquisition of Yotta at about six times sales. Uh, so Yotta was part of or uh, was part of a, an aimless business called Oxford Metrics Group, which has two quite really quite different divisions. So it's simplifying its structure by divesting Yotta. Um, so that's the first significant uh, bit of M&A that Causeway's done since it did a pretty chunky growth capital round with, uh, with Five Arrows last year. So that's interesting. And uh, Causeway and construction software, Yotta in asset management primarily for public sector, local authorities. So um, really um, strategically looks like a very sensible deal for Causeway there. Very interesting. And interesting valuation uh, data point as well. Um, and also just to put out a, a significant deal in the business to consumer space in telco specifically uh, and inflection of exited Mycom OSI for what we think was about 150 million. Uh, and that's to Amdocs sort of long-standing consolidator in that part of the market. So uh, interesting to see um, deal activity, what's actually a relatively small part of the market in terms of numbers of vendors for, for, for the megabyte coverage universe. So busy again in software, ICT services again, um, business as usual, and we've seen deals from the consolidators there as well. Daisy, Babel, SCC, others continuing to acquire smaller businesses to do uh, service extension, uh, convert service conversions, etc. And also interesting deal in IT consulting with um, Alton acquiring methods for what we think is about 75 million. And that, as you uh, regular listeners to the show will know, I talk a lot about. Uh, I've talked a lot about um, um, corporate activity, both PE and uh, M&A within IT consulting. So that continues apace. So just a really quick hand through 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 M&A, I wanted to allow a little bit more time to talk about the outlook more generally, having touched on it in a couple of times during uh, during the show this month. Um, and uh, when we you know when we think about uh, what where we are in the cycle, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I really do think we're at something of an inflection point. I would have um, I me and I think a lot of observers of the market as recently as Easter were looking at what was going on, particularly in capital market share prices, still as a significant correction rather than a fundamental change of direction. Um, and I think I've changed my view on that now. Well, I have definitely changed my view on that. And I do now see definite signs that we are in a new phase, a new downward phase in terms of valuations and potentially in corporate activity. It's still very patchy. Um, you know, I've talked about um, PE and M&A, the two uh, very much intrinsically linked, I think, because a lot of the a lot of the M&A is funded by PE money. So the, the relative buoyancy of PE and M&A is an interesting question. But I've talked about weakness in capital markets, and I think it's going to continue to be weak, both in terms of valuations and deal flow in the tech sector in, in, in the capital markets through the rest of this year and potentially into next year. VC, I think, has got a very challenging outlook, as I mentioned. Um, and I think we're going to see continuing reductions, both in terms of amounts raised and also, um, and also in terms of valuations in that part of the market. But what are the things when we think about the outlook more broadly and what whether PE and, and M&A will continue to be somewhat resistant to these negative trends? What are the things that we're looking at? And I think that I haven't talked in, this, in the show this month, but I've obviously talked extensively in previous shows about the, the rising interest rates and the impact that has on, um, on, on asset allocations. But also, clearly, mathematically, it has an impact on valuations, particularly for leverage buyouts and private equity. If you can only get four or five times leverage versus six or seven times leverage on a, on a transaction, um, then you are 
um, mathematically going to have a lower valuation as well as the fact that the equity portion probably comes down as well by at least that much or more. So, uh, you know, I think that that mathematically as debt becomes more uh, expensive. I'm not saying there's a, a, a significant difficulty with availability of debt at the moment. Indeed, um, one of the things I didn't mention about the access deal I mentioned, uh, I talked about um, earlier on, is that they also restructured their debt at a cheaper, a cheaper rate, um, a more attractive rate during that uh, deal when GIC came onto the shareholder register. So the debt market is still very much open. I'm not suggesting otherwise, but inevitably with interest rates, rising debt will become more expensive. And that I think will have a mathematically, uh, mathematical kind of impact on valuations in private equity and the ability of, ability, the ability of, of PE-backed businesses to do M&A with relatively cheap debt. Again, possibly not core, but on the margin, I think it's got to have an impact. Coming back to this point on trading, I think this is the fundamental point for me. We are still seeing uh, no significant trading weakness in the public companies. We haven't seen any significant profit warnings from the public companies we track. The team at Megabyte obviously is talking to uh, private company CEOs day in, day out. And again, no real weakness in trading from those guys at the moment. So no issue at the moment. But when you think about the economic outlook, I mean, I'm no... I'm no economist, right? But you know, with the cost of living crisis really looking like it's going to bite in the in, from October onwards, um, and um, and other macroeconomic factors all adding up to the probability of a recession, or at the very least, a significant slowdown in economic act economic activity, it just feels like that's going to have an impact on sales cycles as we go forward, and that inevitably is going to have an impact on growth and margins. So I think that that mathematically again has an impact on. Uh, on, on value overall valuations if EBITDA is reducing at the same multiple, but inevitably that sentiment impact on growth also has a, ne a negative impact on the multiple as well. So I think we're going to see inevitably, inevitably, I think inevitably, I think it's highly likely that we'll see further valuation compression and we will start to see some sentiment impact in private equity, which we haven't seen thus far. And overall, I think the sentiment is going to be quite challenging um, over the next six to 12 months. To make the analogy with the uh, dot-com bust in 2000, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that things are going to be as bad as they were back then, um, but in 2000, you know, the peak of the market was March, and I think when we look back, some people look back at that period and you think, well, it, um, we all knew that in March 2000 that the world was coming to an end. Well, that wasn't the case. Actually, I was in investment banking back in those days, and actually, um, we weren't, it didn't really become obvious that things were terrible until later in the year, and 2021, sorry, 2001 was the um, was the really challenging year, and I think I don't think that the the factors are as as, as challenging as they they I don't think they're as challenging now as they were back in 2000, or indeed as they were as they were post global financial crisis. But I do think that uh, I do think there's a similar similar dynamic in terms of the timeline. What I'm trying to say in summary is I think we don't quite know how bad things have got yet, and there's a few people with either with their head in the sand or just not seeing it yet. Um, when we think about how bad it's going to get. I think that uh, we, you know, there are similarities with what happened post global financial crisis, in the sense that trading will moderate, but it wasn't that bad. Um, in terms of valuations, I don't think it'll be too as bad. I mean, post global financial crisis, software companies, as I mentioned earlier, got down to seven or eight times uh, EV, EBITDA, and ICT services companies down to four or five times, sort of half, roughly half, where they are now in public company, from a public company perspective. I don't see that. Uh, happening, but I do think we'll see some compression. Why don't I think that happening? And I want to end on a positive note. I think that um, the structural growth drivers in the tech sector are stronger than they have been my, in, in all of my 30-year career in tech. 
Um, and actually, some of the negatives going on in the economy at, moment, uh, at the moment in terms of skills crisis and so on are solved by technology to some degree. So I think that, you know, I think investment in tech is going to continue. But I do think we're going to we're in for a much more challenging six to 12 months than maybe I thought two or three months ago. So um, I think some caution is advised when we're thinking about investment strategies and, and, and cash conservation and looking at where your balance sheet is right now. So um, sorry to be a bit negative, but I think the data points uh, the data points very much to a, a, a worsening outlook um, and um, I hope you found that useful um, and I look forward to talking to you again uh, next month in early July and until then please stay safe.